My name is Marky McRae. I'm a junior at UNC, and welcome to Love Chapel Hill, where our name is our mission, to love Chapel Hill with the heart of Jesus. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Good morning, Love Chapel Hill. It's Elena here. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new opportunity for us to get together on Sunday mornings virtually through a watch party hosted by our very own connections team. The watch party is 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and you can join via Zoom and we have an opportunity to worship together, to watch the message together, even to pray together. And if you're so if you're like me and completely miss being in the varsity and seeing everybody on Sunday morning, then join us 10 a.m. on Sundays for the watch party. Hello, everyone. My name is Joel. I'm with Connections here at Love Chapel Hill. Uh, I want to invite any of you that might be needing a little help, uh, whether it's prayer or certain needs, to go to lovechapelhill.com, as you can see right here. Uh, there's ways that we can help you. You can reach out to us uh, through our website. Also, if you keep scrolling down uh, on the main page here, you will find multiple ways where you can get connected, whether it's through small groups, prayer meetings, bands. We have a lot of things for kids. Uh, this is a great place to look and see how you can get connected. Uh, also, we would love to talk with you if you are new with us, if you've been watching either today for the first time or just a little while, and you want to know more about the church, you could go to the very bottom of the webpage and it says a connect card. And you can fill that out and we can start having that conversation. Also, you can go to the link below the video you're watching, either on YouTube or Facebook, where it says connect card, and we can start that conversation. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much.
Love Chapel Hill. It is so good to be with you today. I wish I could be with you in person. Um, I just want you to know what a joy it is for me to be joining you today. I've been a fan of Love Chapel Hill and Pastor Matt for many years. Uh, do you know what it feels like to have someone in your corner? That is Matt Leroy to my husband and I. We Every time we're around him, we feel encouraged and inspired and ready to keep going. And so I just want to let you know that I am in your corner, Love Chapel Hill, and I'm thrilled to be sharing with you today. In fact, you might not know that you have played a significant role in our family's journey over the last several years. It was about six years ago when my husband and I were taking a vacation in New York City, and we sensed that um, we were walking around, and I was like, why don't we have a Wesleyan church in Manhattan? Someone should plant a Wesleyan church in Manhattan. And about six months later, we sensed that God was actually inviting us to partner with him in planting a church in Manhattan. <laughs> so just want to throw that out as a warning that if you ever sense someone should, you might want to pay attention because that someone could be you. So about six months after that, then we found ourselves selling most of our stuff and we packed up a truck and moved our family from the comfort of the suburbs of Dallas, Texas to the middle of New York City, which is where we live today. And um, in the last five plus years since moving to New York, New York City to plant Resurrection Life NYC, we've seen God do amazing things. I mean, like amazing things from salvations to baptisms to incredible life transformation. But to be honest, we're also waiting on God to do some pretty big things. And just a little warning, this message might get a little personal. See, the year before moving to New York City, we noticed our son, who was in sixth grade at the time, um, started developing some really minor vocal tics. And by the time we'd moved to New York City, um, and he was in seventh grade, about that time, he was actually diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, which is a neurological disorder that results in involuntary physical or verbal tics. And so along with getting him into treatment, um, we also began praying, of course, and we were praying for healing, praying for relief. And to be honest, God stayed pretty silent. Have you been there before? In the hurting, in the wondering why, in the asking God, why are you letting this happen? Where are you? Why aren't you healing like I know you can? Why aren't you intervening? Why is COVID still spreading? Have you been there before? Did I mention this might get a little personal today? Well, today we're looking at the prophet Habakkuk. Can you say Habakkuk? It's a good one. It's one of the most raw and honest books in the Bible, which is probably why I resonate with it a lot. That and it's only three chapters, so you can get through it pretty quickly. 
Habakkuk is an Old Testament minor prophet. He lived and wrote about 600 years before the birth of Christ, probably about the same time as Jeremiah. But he was a very different prophet. Um, see, prophets typically speak to people on behalf of God, but Habakkuk actually spoke to God on behalf of the people. So he's speaking to God because he doesn't like what, what he's seeing around him. He doesn't like what God is doing or actually what God is not doing. The nation of Judah had been previously blessed, but now there was corruption and evil and deception. And instead of prospering, they were hurting and they were in poverty and evil and corruption and injustice abounded and God was silent. And so Habakkuk just unleashes on God. And thousands of years ago, Habakkuk was actually asking the same question that a lot of us are asking today. God, why don't you seem fair? I know you could do something about this, God, but you're not, and I don't understand. There are only three chapters in the book of Habakkuk. So today we're going to take away a major theme. If you don't remember anything else from this message, I just hope you remember the major themes from the three books. In chapter one, Habakkuk receives this prophecy, but it's not just a prophecy. It's, it's like a dooming prophetic word. It's a burden, like a weight. And he receives this and then he goes to God on behalf of the people. And he asks this question in verse two, it says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? I feel like Habakkuk could have been written in 2020, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, why is there still COVID? Why is there still so much racial injustice? Or more personally, like, why did my relationship fall apart? Why is my loved one still dealing with cancer? Why don't you heal my son? And what I love about Habakkuk is that he's just raw and he's real. And his name tells the story. Did you know this? Maybe his name tells your story too. The name Habakkuk actually means both to wrestle and to embrace. To wrestle and embrace. Habakkuk is doing everything he can to like embrace who he knows that God is. But because what he sees doesn't line up with what he believes, He's wrestling at the same time. He's wrestling with God. He's embracing, but he's also wrestling. He sees um, what's happening and, and he's like, why God? But yet I know who you are. And so I'm going to hold on to you. And here's another warning. Habakkuk is not like a sitcom. Do you know what a sitcom is? Like your favorite 30 minute show. Maybe it's The Office. Maybe it's Friends. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you all watch these days. Habakkuk is not like a sitcom that everything is tied in a nice little bow at the end of 30 minutes. No, I would say, um, well, life isn't like a sitcom, right? Life is not like that. Life is more like this is us. I don't know if you watch this is us, but this is us. It has plot twists and unresolved issues and crackpots that set houses on fire and pandemics and racial injustice. You don't understand why things are happening in life oftentimes. And this is um, how Habakkuk feels as well. 
He asked this question in verse three. He says, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and there's conflict. It abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. In other words, God, I don't think you're really doing what is right here. Habakkuk has the very same problem with God that you and I might have today. And what are the problems? God, you don't really seem to care. You aren't doing much when you could, and what you are doing doesn't seem fair. So here's the question. Is it ever okay to question God? I mean, is it okay to push back on God? Is that wrong or unholy? About a third of the Psalms are actually laments that are cries to God in pain and trials, and Habakkuk is a lament. And there are several books of the Bible, um, entire books of the Bible, like Lamentations and Ecclesiastes and Jeremiah and Job that express confusion um, at what appears to be unjust suffering for the righteous. And even Jesus, let's look at Jesus. Jesus, while on the cross, Jesus who never sinned, who was perfect in every way, but took our sin upon himself, cried out, why, God, why do you forsake me? See, we all at some point in our lives face pain, face trials. And when we do, we're often tempted to either deny our pain and just pretend that it doesn't exist and just put on a happy Christian face and say, everything's good. Uh, God is good all the time, right? And he is. But oftentimes we deny it or we throw it all out the window and we go, mm, I mean, I tried God. I tried church. It didn't work. I'm out. I'm done. But I think Habakkuk shows us that there's actually a third way, a third option that in the middle of our pain, we can wrestle. I don't get it. I'm confused. And then in the middle of that wrestling, as best as we can, we also embrace and we go, God, I know this is true of you. I know this is who you are. And like what in the book of James, how it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I know you've been talking about how righteousness and justice are like the double pulse of the heartbeat of God, these twin streams. Well, as we mature as Christians, we learn what it is to both wrestle and embrace. And as we do, what we find is true intimacy with God. So I want you to know, chapter one, we wrestle, we embrace. God understands your pain and he welcomes your questions. And I am convinced that God would rather have you yell at him than walk away from him. Let your doubts drive you to continue to embrace even when you wrestle with God. This is where we've been as a family for the last six plus years after our son's diagnosis. So that's chapter one, wrestle and embrace. This is where Habakkuk is. And as we move into chapter two, right before that, God responds and he says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you will not believe. 
even if you were told. Now, I imagine if Habakkuk hears that, he's like, all right, (laughs) come on, God, I am ready for this. Finally, you're going to do what's right. You're going to step in. You're going to bring your justice. And then God says this, I'm raising up the Babylonians, your enemies, and they're going to seize your land. I'm going to use them to bring justice. The Babylonians were feared and a violent people. And God is saying, you think it's bad now, Habakkuk? It's about to get worse. And actually, I'm going to use your enemies to bring justice because of your sin. I mean, Habakkuk, I'm sure it was blown away. Like, what? And I don't know what you would do in that situation, but here's what Habakkuk did. Chapter two is all about waiting. Habakkuk hears God's response. And this is what he says. I will stand at my watch and I will station myself on the ramparts, like the guard posts. He's he's setting himself up like a watchman. And he says, I will look to see what he will say to me. Chapter two, Habakkuk is waiting and he's listening for God. I mean, if wrestling and embracing is hard, waiting is like, like so hard, it's much harder. What are you waiting on right now? A job, a vaccine, a spouse? Are you waiting on life to go back to normal? All of the above? According to Habakkuk, we wait. And as we wait, we listen. Verse two says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. See, God is a God who speaks. God can speak through his word. He'll speak to you through his spirit. He can speak through circumstances or through people. He can speak through a message or through a song. He will speak to you. But even if he doesn't, You don't have to worry. You don't have to panic because just because he's silent doesn't mean that he's absent. God is always there. He's always with you. Emmanuel, God with us. So listen in the midst of the waiting. Listen for the voice of God and then write down what you hear. Document it. Record it. Like write it down so that you can go back to it. Um, you can hang on to it. You can believe it and remember it. So there's an enemy who wants to steal and kill and destroy. Don't let, let the enemy take it from you. So when we first moved to New York to plant this church, I was so excited and also so terrified. So I started writing and I just journaled and I wrote down everything I was feeling. And I wrote things like, God, I know you have called us here. This is how I know. This is where I was sure. And I know that you promised that you would build your church. And so I am trusting you and I'm giving you my yes. And on the hardest days, and believe me, there have been plenty, on the hardest days, I would go back and I would look at that and be reminded, yes, God, I'm not crazy. You promised this. In fact, I still occasionally go back and look at this. And I go back and look when I know that God has promised, I will take care of your son. And I am working all of this for his good. I go back to that and I go, oh, I need those words. And I need that reminder. See, whenever the enemy 
wants to get us to doubt, to fear, to walk away, we can go back to what we know God said and we go, no, there it is on that day, in that moment, I'm going to hold on to that, God. So in the waiting, you listen, you wait, you write down what you hear, and then you wait some more and you wait and you wait on the faithfulness of God. And in chapter two, verse three, God says this, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false, though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, some of you are waiting on something right now. And though it linger, though it seems like it's taking forever, though it linger, wait. That's what God's telling you. Wait. I love the way Eugene Peterson writes this. He says, if it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. See, our God is a right on time kind of God. In fact, the Hebrew word for this waiting for this appointed time literally means the perfect unstoppable timing of God. In other words, if it is God's time, nothing can stop it. I love that. God is saying, trust me. And then what God does here is he lays out what's known as the five woes of Babylon in the middle of chapter two. It says um, that God actually is acknowledging the evil of Babylon and he's speaking against their economic injustice, their forced labor slavery, their idolatry and their ungodly leadership. And God tells Habakkuk, look, I see what's happening and I'm actually gonna take down Babylon. And here we see God's righteousness and justice, those two pulses coming together. And he says, see the enemy Babylon, they're puffed up. Their desires are not upright, but God says, the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. We hear that again in the New Testament. Scripture says the righteous will live by faith. We don't walk by sight, we, we walk by faith. And our faith is not based in what we see or what we want or getting our way. Our faith is based on the character and on the goodness of who God is. He is righteous and he is just. And his desire for all of his people is to be righteous and just. And we know this is who he is. And so we can live by faith. So chapter one, we wrestle and we embrace Chapter two, we learn to wait. Chapter three, something special happens in chapter three. In chapter three, there's a shift in the atmosphere. In fact, right away in verse one, you might miss it because you go, I don't know what that word means. And it says this, a prayer of, of Habakkuk the prophet on Shigina. Shigina. I'm just going to say Shigina. On Shigina. And it means to sing with strong emotion. It's a musical term, shigianoth. It means to sing with strong emotion, with impassioned exuberance. It means high-spirited praise, vigorous enthusiasm, fortissimo. That's what it means. And I promise you, I practiced saying the word, but I forgot it. So why is shigianoth important? It is important because it is praise before anything happens. 
We left chapter two and Habakkuk is still waiting. And chapter three starts and says, guess what? We're going to praise. It is praise before anything has happened. It is praise before the breakthrough. It is praising God, not for the what, but for the who. It's not praise for what God has done, but for who he is. So along with pastoring Resurrection Life NYC, I also get to serve for an organization called International Justice Mission, or IJM, and I serve as church mobilization director. If you haven't heard of IJM, it is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. Um, we are a global organization made up of lawyers and investigators and social workers and pastors and everyday Christians and activists like you and me um, who come together to bring an end to violence against people in poverty. And so we work in areas like sex trafficking and forced labor slavery and cyber sex trafficking and violence against women and children. Some of the darkest places of the world, we actually have front row seats every day to the most violent atrocities against human beings. So this is what we do. But one case we've been working on since 2007, yeah, 2017 is that of a woman in Uganda named Akola Christine. And Akola is a peace-loving, Christ-loving woman. And after her husband died, Akola's uh, father actually welcomed her and her four children back into their home to live with them. And so then after her father died, um, they were reading the will as a family and her father had actually left their family land, which this is a big deal. They let, he left the land to a cola. And so this was beautiful because it meant there was a place, a safe place for her family to live. Well, not long after her father passed away, a neighbor showed up on the land and um, essentially, he came and said that he wanted to work the land together so that they could support one another in case they came under attack because of the ongoing conflict that was happening in Uganda. So Akola said, yes, let's work the land together. Well, unfortunately, the neighbor had another, an ulterior motive, and he wanted to take the land to, it's called land grabbing. And so his his goal was to take the land away from Akola and her family. And one night, um, this all came to a head when several men came and they began attacking Akola and her family, as well as destroying her home. And to make matters worse, Akola is actually the, the one who is now unjustly accused and finds herself sitting in prison awaiting a trial. It's all just so wrong. But even in the midst of her hurt and her suffering and her waiting, Akola says this, these are her words. She said, what gives me hope is only our fellowship in God. Sometimes when we're just seated here, when everyone is just lost in their own thoughts, you'll find one of us coming up with an idea to come together and worship God. And then we sit, and we pray together, and we sing praises. You'll find children jumping up, praising God, and then we'll pray together, and we will find, we will then find our footing at that particular time. Our only hope right now is in God. Shignioth. That's what she's doing here. When we praise before the breakthrough, we find our footing in God. We can stand firm. We can hold fast. This is praise 
before the breakthrough. This is what Habakkuk chooses to do in chapter three, verse two. He says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. He says, repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. He's saying, God, do it again. I've seen you do it before. And even before you do it this time, I am going to praise you in our time. He says, I pray this all the time. I pray, God, I know you can in our time. Would you do it again? I know you've brought renewal and revival to this city before. Will you do it again in our time? Chapel Hill, God, would you do this again in Chapel Hill? Will you bring renewal in our time? God, I've seen you work. I know you can because you are good. I am praising you, Shigionath. I'm praising you. So as followers of Jesus, what do we do when life gets difficult? We remember the faithfulness of our God. How has he moved in the past? When have we seen his faithfulness? We think about what has God done in the past for the Israelites. They remembered how God delivered them from bondage in Egypt. Habakkuk prays this. He's like, I'm remembering when we didn't think there was any way, when we thought our people would be in bondage forever. But God, you moved the heart of Pharaoh. God, you split open the Red Sea. You allowed us to walk through on dry ground. You destroyed our enemies as they pursued us. God, I remember when you were faithful and I think back on your goodness and God, I know you can do it again. Sometimes when you're in the valley, you just simply have to remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Where do you remember his goodness? Where do you remember his faithfulness? Where have you seen that before that you can call back and go, God, I know you've done this before. Do it again in our time. And then maybe he'll say no, right? Maybe it doesn't happen. And so we go back to embracing and wrestling. We don't deny reality, but we cling to the fact that God is good and we can trust him no matter what our circumstances are around us. We can praise before the breakthrough. And verse 17 says this, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. This is what Habakkuk is saying. You might say it this way, though I'm still praying and I'm not seeing an answer. Or I might say it this way, though I have cried and I have prayed my guts out for my son to be healed from Tourette's syndrome, and he's still not healed. And then Habakkuk says this, yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. This is Shianath right here. This is full body, everything within me, declaring the praise and the goodness and the glory of God. Even though I don't see what I want to see, God, I will praise you before the breakthrough. This is praise with exclamation, part, exclamation marks, not for the what, but for the who. And then in the very last verse of chapter three, Habakkuk declares this. The sovereign Lord is my strength. 
He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And we see a Habakkuk with greater faith and with more intimacy with God. It's like James 1 again, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because it develops perseverance. And that's what you need to be mature and complete so that you would know intimately this God who is righteous and just and is for you. Wrestling and embracing, waiting and listening, praising before the breakthrough, all of this together equals intimacy with God. See, I believe you can't have a chapter three kind of intimacy without a chapter one kind of wrestling and a chapter two kind of waiting. There is something God does in us as he calls us to righteousness and to justice. He's actually building in us a trust in him, a faith and a passion. So what do you do when you're hurting? What do you do when you're in that valley? You remember the goodness of God. You embrace him. You may wrestle, yes, and you wait and you praise before the breakthrough. You might not understand, but you don't let go. Would you pray with me? God, Abba Father, you are good. And we just declare who you are today. God, I don't know what people might be wrestling with, but you do. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would minister to our hearts right now. That for those who are finding themselves in a place of wrestling, God, would you meet them in that? And would you remind them that they can actually embrace you in the midst of that wrestling and they can hold on and cling to you because you are right there and you will be found. God, for those who find themselves in a waiting period right now, God, would you remind them that you hear them, that you see them, that in the midst of the waiting, they can still hear your voice. So God, would you speak? And then God, for those who are just in the midst of, of praising through the breakthrough or before the breakthrough, God, would you give us the strength to do that? Would you remind us who you are Remind us that you are good and we can praise you even while we're waiting, even while we're wrestling, because you are good. Help us, God, to praise you for who you are. It's not even about the what, it's about the who. Because Jesus, we know that you are, there is a time coming when you are coming to make everything right. You will wipe away every tear. You will take away every sorrow. And yet we get a glimpse of that in the here and now, God. So would you, would you remind us of that today? We praise you before the breakthrough. Jesus, you are our everything. And we give you praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
broken back together The poor are blessed, the weary rest We will dance forever Blinded see, chained are free Doubtful now, believer The outcast known, the orphan home you are my redeemer. Behold, behold, behold what love can do. Behold, behold, he's making all things new. Lost return, the voiceless heard, the mourner now rejoicing, the mountain shake, the world awake, creation all composing, the sad untrue, the earth renewed, the song has found its singer, the darkness light, the dead alive. Are my redeemer. Behold, behold, behold the love and you. Behold, behold, he's making all things. Behold, behold, behold the love and you. Behold.
Friends, thank you so much for worshiping with us today. I'm so glad that you have. I want to say a special thank you to our friend Jen for leading us in this word from the Lord today. And we send a lot of love to our friends at Resurrection Life in New York City. If you've heard this word from the Lord today, and it's created a longing within you, and it's stirring in your heart to know more of who God is, to understand his purpose for us in the world, then I want to encourage you um, and point you to a couple of resources that have been super helpful and um, making a big impact in my walk with the Lord and my journey through this world. Uh, the first is the daily text done by our friends at Seedbed. It's just that. It is a daily exploration of a text walking through a book of the Bible right now, going through the Gospel of John. You can get that um, via email every day, or you can listen to the daily podcast that they send. Um, that is available at seedbed.com. So um, you can go there and sign up or get the links to their podcasts or look for it in uh, your podcast platform of choice. Uh, the other is The Bible Project, and it is also um, a podcast. It is available. They have videos available, lots of um, different resources on their website as well, bibleproject.com. It is a, a deep look at many of the tough questions that we have about um, God and about uh, his word and the way that it is continuing to speak to us still today. So check out seedbed.com, bibleproject.com as great ways um, to deepen your walk with the Lord. And of course, if you've not yet done so, we want to encourage you to fill out a connect card so that we can help further connect you with community here at Love Chapel Hill. As you go today, I want to send you out with this blessing from the book of Numbers. The Lord bless and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace today. So go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.